Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wired Nerdy Podcast. This is episode number 20. This is Keith coming in hot with my co-host here, the notorious D-O-U-G. Doug, how you doing? How is the week treating you, my friend? Doing good. Yeah, had a good weekend. Finally got some rain. Uh, also got to look at some new Xbox games. Uh, look at that Starfield game I've been waiting for. So it's going to be a good show. Yeah, we got all kinds of content because Microsoft did have a showcase this week, uh, which, of course, means lots of news. They're right hot on the heels of the Sony showcase that was yeah. uh, two weeks ago, I believe. So we got a lot to talk about there. But before we get into that as our primary topic, uh, and we will round it out a little bit with uh, a little bit of Diablo 4 talk and Flash movie talk. Um, uh, Doug, have you seen the Flash movie, though? I have not. I was going to get your thoughts on it and try to go see it this week. Oh, well, it will have to be spoiler free. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and queue up the nerd news. Nerd news. All right, I'm going to jump in first, my friend. So this is an interesting thing because it's something that I think that we will see um, more and more often as we head into the future. Uh, There was a massive, massive outage. I believe it was on June 13th, if I remember correctly, depending on whenever you're listening to this. Um, And the outage was with Amazon Web Services. Now, for those of you that are unaware, that's part of the cloud. Cloud, fancy term for saying that these are just data centers hosted by somebody else. And the major players, of course, are Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and a variety of others. However, Amazon is definitely one of the biggest players. And this was in the U.S. East region. Most of these data centers serve different uh, portions of the globe. And it was interesting because it impacted pretty much every major fast food joint on the East Coast, like Burger King and Taco Bell. Couldn't place orders, couldn't do anything. All of their apps and software are hosted by Amazon Web Services, uh, and people could not get their Big Macs and could not get their tacos, Doug. How sad is that? (laughs) It is not good. Yeah. Uh, You know, you go into these stores now and they don't even have cashiers. They have the uh, self-order kiosk. kiosk. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure (laughs) you can't even order a burger. Yeah. Well, well, I, that is becoming more and more common. Um, And what's interesting is that, you know, when it comes to a lot of these uh, cloud-based web services, it's a good thing in the fact that it allows businesses to scale up, scale down. It uh, it can control costs. You got to be careful with it because the cloud is like a taxi meter is what you know, we always talk about. It's based upon usage. And so however much you're using, your app is being leveraged or used, your price can fluctuate quite a bit. And that's mm-hmm. one downside of businesses have kind of struggled to get used to because they like fixed costs. They like to know how much is it going to cost me. So that's one of the downside. What's really interesting about why I put this on the news is because it calls into question that whenever you have major players in the cloud space, how easy it is to have an outage with one little thing that goes wrong. And if you don't have, you know, certain mitigations or certain places in place for uh, redundancy and, um, Within the article that I read, it, it mentions that as of today, Amazon Web Services hosts 41.5% of the internet. And that's like internet content, that's applications, major applications for business, for point of sales. It's all kinds of crazy stuff. On top of that, right on the heels of them is Microsoft Azure at a 29.4%. And there's quite a few times where Microsoft will take a hit. They will um, you know, have an issue within their office suite, which impacts if everybody's using Microsoft Teams, which is their equivalent of Zoom, it'll be down. Or even Microsoft Online Office itself will be down. Excel, Word, PowerPoint, 
all these major companies using, you know, all these products for everyday stuff. And it actually can prevent a company from being productive. So I thought it was an interesting shift because, you know, cloud is now so prevalent inside of our world. Uh, but it also means that we're sensitive to outages more so than we ever have been before. So next time you cannot uh, check out at your uh, local fast food chain, maybe it's a cloud outage. I'm just saying, it may not be just that place. So I just thought it was fast, right. an interesting thing. <laughs> Uh, but right on the heels of that is a second one. We always say that this year, every time we have nerd news, it would not be this year if it wasn't something about AI. This is specific mm -hmm. to a report. Now, OpenAI, who is the one that developed the chat GPT, which is the more dominant, more impressive AI model that was trained on a uh, learning language model. Uh, there was a report that came out that before Microsoft had invested in OpenAI, which was tons of money, and integrated it with Bing, uh, this report leaked had indicated that OpenAI had warned Microsoft about uh, early on after they integrated into Bing bizarre AI responses. Um, at the early launch, it was doing things like uh, not only giving wrong information, but it was insulting people. Uh, you know, telling them they could go commit suicide, telling oh them they're, <laughs> they're horrible, ugly. Uh, it was being racist. <laughs> But remember, yeah. it, it, the AI is trained on language models that could be wrong. So if you point a, a language model at the Internet, for example, as we know, the Internet has some great things, but it has some horrible things on it as well. Absolutely. Uh, now, yeah. in the wake of this, Microsoft, of course, got into the front of it and they had to tweak some stuff, turn some things down, you know, stop insulting people, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, it is interesting that Microsoft kind of forged ahead on this and, uh, you know, business drives it all. So it. It's it's really, really interesting how all of this, you know, has played out and uh, AI develops from this point on. So I don't know if you had any weird oddities with you playing around with any of the open AI stuff. Did it ever insult you? Tell you that uh, it has not. I've asked a couple of questions of it. I've spent a lot of time on Bard and I haven't asked really complex questions. I haven't had it write any stories or do anything. But uh the some of the simple questions I've had um it answers it at least i think it's fine i mean um stuff actually for no man's sky which i've started playing that uh, i've asked it some puzzle questions it's helped me with that so that's good now, as I, far I, as using bard it's been working good so far now see i've deviated from bard in that remember google has two they have bard which is supposed mm -hmm. to be they, they launched it on the heels of ChatGPT. I'm now a part of what they call their secret labs. I was in, I'm on their beta. What's really cool about that is every time I Google something, um, not only does it give me the results of Google that you normally would get, but at the top, it gives me their other AI model, I, I, Braid. I had another name for it, if you remember, with their yeah. showcase. And it, it explains in more exposition, more AI type uh, information of uh what it, the response be. And it's been pretty spot on. I like what Google's doing in that they're, they're integrating it a little bit better into their search engine. They put them parallel next to each other and it's citing sources. I know Bing is going to start doing that as well. They, they said that in their showcase about how you can actually click and, you know, it'll cite sources as well. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to, you know, get out of uh, fire of people criticizing it for plagiarizing yeah. and things like that. So it's very interesting, though. Yeah, the one thing I like is that, you know, normal Google search or whatever your preferred search engine is, it gives you websites. Where this, it gives you specific answers. Um, I even asked, uh, I, I mean, I've only used it for video games and stuff. I asked it for cheat codes and stuff, and it gives you do this, go this menu, go this menu. That's really so cool. I like that instead of saying, hey, go to this link, 
here's the answer you want. We're not wasting your time. So I think in the future, it'll just get better and better. And we'll no longer visit somebody's website. We'll just get the answer extracted from their website to us. Exactly. Which is going to impact website hits unless there's some kind of a weird algorithm shift that they can do. That uh, gives them a hit still. That would be good. Maybe. Maybe they do. So. Yeah. All right, Doug, I think it is your turn for uh, the next headline on the news. What what you got, bud? Yeah, looking through some news articles, uh, I saw one that just jumped out. Disney is blowing up plans for the next uh, set of Avengers movies. You know, we had a really good uh, series uh, all the way from Iron Man to Infinity Wars and all that. So we're getting ready for the next iteration of uh, Avengers and all the stuff that comes with it. The yeah. one thing I saw is that they're pushing back all the Avengers movies, but they're pushing up the Deadpool movie, the next one. Deadpool 3, I believe. Most things got pushed by a, almost a total of a year. <laughs> but yeah. then they pulled Deadpool up the, you know, uh, earlier and in I the wonder <laughs> if the writer's strike has anything to do with that. It, I believe that's yeah. still going on or it's about to wrap up. Exactly. I think it is still going on. It is an influential factor. Um, mm-hmm. I th- and you see, you'll see this with a lot of uh, studios are doing this as a result of that. However, uh, the other elements to play here, some of the things that I've read is that, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was their last release, it was a mega hit. I mean, it was... It did really well, I thought. It, it did, and it was a great movie. You yep. also have to question if this is inconvenient, the writer's strike, them being able to push this stuff out to kind of regroup. Uh, because the reality is, while they got cool stuff on the list, you know, they got they're going to redo Blade, which was a cool mm-hmm. franchise. Um, you know, they're they're going back through a lot of this. But the biggest thing is they have uh, the Avengers, which is the Kang dynasty, which is probably going to tie into uh, the Kung Fu uh, Chang Chi. Uh, but that's not going to be till 2026. The reality is when it crescendoed with Endgame, that was many many years in the making and i think that they've kind of been on this you know well how are we going to recapture that magic again and it's fascinating to me too is that one of their main people especially the guy that hit the home run with volume three james gunn is no longer making movies for disney and marvel he's now with their competition over at uh, wb of warner brothers and dc which honestly i love you know me i'm a dc guy but their movies have not competed head to head with disney so I'm mm-hmm. kind of wondering if those that also isn't a factor coming to play them trying to figure out their footing on all of this and and to see see where they land. So a lot of people are bummed about a lot of this stuff being pushed though. Yeah, uh, we can kind of run down a list real quick. Uh, Deadpool's coming out. Uh, Captain America, a new and you talked about the Thunderbolts. The one on the list that excites me, and I don't know if he's going to continue, but. Uh, John Krasinski played uh, a, a fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, it was a really good alternate universe. I believe it was Scarlet Witch on Netflix or yep. Disney Plus. No, it was on Disney Plus. Yep. Okay. Yep. At Disney Plus. Yep. I got too many streaming apps. But yeah, I thought <laughs> he did a really good job. So seeing Fantastic Four on the list, maybe John Krasinski will come back and play that part. I hope so. I hope so. I love him as an actor. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, Fox did fantastic for a couple of years ago and just fell flat on its face, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then you have the 
cheesier, which still wasn't bad. I didn't think with the one with uh, Jessica Alba and all that, that was, you know, Mm -hmm. more early two thousands, but they haven't seemed to been able to get the fantastic four quite right. The closest they got was, uh, when they had John Cravinci do the cameo uh, for, what's that, Doctor Strange? I think that's what that was. Um, it might have been, yeah. yeah. I didn't know if it was Scarlet Witch or Doctor Strange. Yeah. I think it was Doctor Strange, if I'm, yeah. I may be wrong, but no, I'm pretty sure I'm right. It's been a while. I've slept since then. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah, keep you can keep running down the list there. Uh, some of them I don't know what they are, uh, but, you know, like They've I said, They've got Blades some that just say untitled movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blade, like I said, really good. Wesley Snipes uh, did a great job, I thought. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, even Chris Christopherson. So, well, at least they pulled back uh, Deadpool. A lot of people looking forward to that. Big thing about Deadpool, do you know who they're bringing back, don't you? And this is not a spoiler, by the way, because it oh. is public on the internet. Hugh who Jackman. You got for me? Hugh yeah. Jackman. He's back uh, as Wolverine, yep. even though he died in Logan. Um, and, you know, it would only take Ryan Reynolds to try to pull him back because of their little oh, yeah. uh, friendship feud frenemies they have going on which is quite hilarious uh there might have been some kind of plea or deal to i'm going to stab you on camera (laughs) it could be something who knows with those two they're really funny together to me (laughs) i think their public funny relationship is equivalent to like the rock and kevin hart the way they make fun Mm -hmm. of each other uh and razz each other it's it's really it's entertaining they do a really good job so i think they'll be really good in a movie together so i'm looking forward to it all right. Uh, yeah, next one you got, uh, we kind of talked about it. exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, speaking of Disney, Star Wars. Uh, so they have the official slate of dates of upcoming Star Wars movies and TVs. Now, this is, you know, everything that was announced in what they called their Star Wars celebration at 2023 and beyond. So uh, Ahsoka, that will be hitting Disney Plus on August 23rd, placed by uh, Rosario Dawson. Of course, Ahsoka was yeah. tied into the animated series like Clone Wars, and she was trained by Anakin. Uh, really cool character. I thought Rosario Dawson like crushed it in earlier. She was showcased in the Mandalorian series. Um, and just she did a great job. I'm looking forward to this. The trailer looks awesome. So we have mm-hmm. that to look forward to at the end of August. Uh, they have something called Star Wars Skeleton Crew. They've not said yeah. much about that, except that John Watts, the director of the latest Spider-Man trilogy, is helming it. Um, Jude Law is uh, the one of the main characters, and he has a group of kids uh, that are set around the same time as the Mandalorian. And uh, I don't know what they do. Not much is known about it, uh, but it's described as a throwback 80s. Uh, Amblin type movie like the Goonies and everything else where all that once director uh, Daniel Kwan uh, is set to direct some episodes. So this is a TV series that will be on Disney Plus. Uh, and the date on that is just sometime in 2023. It's ready when it's ready, I guess. You have Andor yeah. season two, which will be uh, in August of 2024. So a year from now, uh, you also have Star Wars, the Acolyte. Not much is known about this uh, as well. Um, but it, the cast does include the guy uh, from Squid Games, uh, the Lee Jang Jay. Uh, he, so he's kind of the head dude, and this is kind of neat. And, um, you know, this whole thing is, again, there's not much. It's just set in the later days of the High Republic, is what they say on that one. And then they have undated. Uh, they have an untitled uh, Star Wars movie. They don't really say much about it. Uh, they actually have quite a few of these, uh, you know. They know who's directing, but they don't know what the topic is, you know, and it's everything from Dave Fillion, who's a director uh, for uh, to focus on the New Republic as well. 
James Mangold. Uh, he did Logan, which I just mentioned a moment ago. Uh, Indiana Jones uh, and the Dial of Destiny, which is about to come out. Uh, he is going to be doing a Star Wars movie. So they really announced who a lot of the directors are going to be. Uh, there is uh, Lando. Uh, it's going to be uh, coming out, which who knows who's going to play Lando Calrissian. Uh, they, they just got so much stuff that they announced. So really it's just showing that there's stuff in the sack on doubling down on who the directors are going to be and that they actually have a lot of plans for star Wars, uh, you know, universe within itself. Yeah. Uh, it all looks good. You know, we don't really know what's coming out, but, uh, if you look at star Wars as a franchise, there's so much money in it. And, not that they're just uh, beating a dead horse, as the expression says. I think they're doing a really good job of telling all these stories because there's so many characters, so many different paths, so many things that uh, fans and uh, new people alike want to know about Star Wars and get into the history and the culture and everything about it throughout the years. Yeah, I think they're trying to do some they're trying to do some different stuff, which you know I appreciate. It's an IP that it's a big yeah. universe that they need to explore. So I think they're doing. I think they're doing the best they can. I think they're doing a good job with it so far, especially with a lot of the television shows. They've been really good. I loved, I think Obi-Wan was amazing. Uh, I've enjoyed, you know, uh, Mandalorian. There's some, they're doing a good job. So let Disney keep doing the Disney thing. And it's, it's working. They're not destroying it completely as a lot of people thought they might. So mm -hmm. uh, the last one on the list here before we get into our main topic is an odd one. And for those of you who have heard of a game called Mass Effect, uh, it's very popular. It came out on every major platform, uh, and it's a action role-playing game set in space. Uh, it's very, 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 very good. Um, apparently, there is a main uh, character that's called Shepard, and you can choose, you can build this. This is your main character that you play. You can either be a boy or a girl. Well, part of a promotional thing is that they keep re-releasing uh, the Mass Effects game, uh, you know, that when they remaster them and re-release them, they have, you know, one, two, and three all together and, you know, new improved graphics. Well, there's a, a part of Mass Effect 2 where the character is dead and they, it dies. But don't worry, it's not a spoiler. It comes back. It's more about how that happens. But there's a statue in a special edition where it shows a dead commander shepherd floating in space and you could get this for people who are collectors and this sort of thing and the idea behind the marketing was well we just want to showcase pivotal milestone moments in the game well uh not only did they release this it's kind of odd it's just like a, a corpse uh floating and we'll have a picture up uh floating in space but they only use the female commander shepherd they there's not a male version of it floating around which is odd so they end up having to release an apology saying that it was insensitive and everybody got really upset about it uh, if they did get any of these casts are made, I bet they were worth a butt ton of money <laughs> because, yeah. uh, they, you know, they're pulling them back and they, it was supposed to be a, a pre-sales kind of a scenario where if you pre-order something, you get it. And it says that, uh, on June 13th, Bioware has canceled the pre-sales of the commander shepherd death statue in an email. Bioware explained that the statue was supposed to be a part of a whole series centered around some of the key emotional moments in the franchise. Uh, they pulled the statue from the store along with a t-shirt that also featured Shepard's corpse and um, uh, their birth and death years, at least until further notice. Uh, the pre-order items uh, will automatically be refunded. So it looks like they're not going to hand them out. But if somebody could get mm. their hands on it, you know, uh, but overall, they had to apologize because they said the statue was intended to be a part of, you know, this whole series. 
the way we announced it did not convey that properly, nor does it give the moment in the series the credit it deserves. Uh, so basically, it's one of these PR things that they stepped their foot in. It was just an oddity. It's why I threw it in there. It's just kind of a weird thing for people to get upset about. Uh, and it is, it's also a weird campaign. So it's both weird that people are upset about it, and it's also weird that it was a campaign they decided to do. So of all yep. the things that they could do, this is what they did. I mean, th there's a ship in the game called the Normandy. It's beautiful. Why not just release a model of the ship? You know, things like yeah. that. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever played those games or not, Doug, but they're, they're pretty good, believe it or not. I've watched a lot of gameplay trailers and videos on it, but I've never got to play it. Um, it. I agree, this is a little weird, but this reminded me, and I don't know if you've heard of it, McFarlane Sculptures or McFarlane oh, Models. They do a good job. Mm -hmm. They do a really good job, but uh, they're kind of violent. I mean, they're definitely, I think, for an older generation or adults, I'm kind of looking at their catalog now. Um, they've got... Uh, Flash and Batman for their 23 catalog, but going back to Walking Dead, they've got some superheroes. Uh, th that's what I thought this was. It's kind of more for adults. It's a little graphic, and yeah, I mean, I see the, the offensive nature to it, but also if she dies in the game, you're kind of memorializing her, I guess. So I guess I, so. I'm kind of conflicted, I guess. Well, and some people play it as both, you know, both character gender types. Why not have both? That is weird. Why choose yeah, just the? It should be an one? option. Yeah. I was a, mm -hmm. again, I just think they didn't handle it correctly, but yeah, you're spot no. on. I mean, a lot of people collect different statues. Some of them can get really expensive. Some of them can be graphic. So maybe that's, maybe that was the angle. They thought that that was their, their demographic that they were shooting mm -hmm. for. So it's yeah. a good point. So that wraps up the nerd news for this week. Let's get into one of our primary topics that we have here this past week. Microsoft had the Xbox showcase 2023 uh, Doug, you watched this real time, didn't you? I, I had to catch the recording on it just because of work and the timing of it all. And I did get a chance to check it out. Uh, what like what were some of the things that, you know, you watched it real time? Did you see like how many people does it show you how many people are watching at that time? You know, how long is it? That sort of thing. Yeah, I tuned in about 30, 40 minutes before and they have a nice countdown. I didn't want to miss anything. Um, and it, I kept seeing the number building and building and building. I'd say the highest I ever saw people watching it live was about 340,000, which is just crazy to me. That's you know? awesome. I mean, you can imagine like the Super Bowl and stuff like that, but we don't have a watch counter. So to see a watch counter of a live event was just very interesting to me. And that's and then you look how many watched after like me, right? Cause it's in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I Absolutely. do wonder what those numbers are. And then you look over to the side in the comments, and most of them, you know, are pretty like, ooh, ah. But it was really cool to see the rise and fall for different games during the showcase. You know, some games uh, take uh, Fable. I think it was the first one they showed. Lots and lots of comments like, Fable, oh, yeah, yeah. And then it keeps going up and down. And then Starfield, which we'll talk about, the comments just start skyrocketing. And they're going so fast, I can't even read it. So looking at the viewer count, looking at the comments, that was a cool addition to watching the trailers. Yeah, kind of adds a, uh, a sense of community to it. And again, you have to remember, mm -hmm. a lot of these showcases yep. are in the wake of there's not an E3 this year. There, And E3 has been struggling. E3 was the Electronic Gaming Expo where everybody come together and make their announcements. But there's been this trend where the companies like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo have been doing their own announcements. This is kind of replacing that. So... Yep. adding those comments and that sort of thing and having it live. I think they're trying to bring together that excitement, um, you know, for the things that they're announcing. So 
you know, let's yeah. jump in, man. Like right at the top of the list, you mentioned Fable. Uh, what did you see? What what you, what were your thoughts on that? It looked really good. It started out with uh, a guy narrating, and uh, it's not a spoiler. It's a trailer. You go out there, you watch it. At the end, you see that this guy talking is a giant, uh, uh, supposedly up on the beanstalk, you know, Jack and the giant beanstalk. Uh, the Jack character looks to be played by a female. And uh, I don't know if you've played the old Fable series, but it looked really good, kind of talking about all the fairy tales and tall tales and stuff. Yeah, the original Fable series came out on the Xbox, and we're talking OG Xbox, first one, uh, in September of 2004. It's an action role-playing game. What was interesting about it, it has a, a very ambitious um, fantasy world tied to it. And, you know, you could choose very similar to Star Wars, you know, light side, dark side. Uh, it, it You were able to choose through your actions what you did in the world. And that's huge for the time. Yeah. Uh, and it was a great game. Um, they didn't that I remember. It's been a long time since they played. They didn't follow uh, traditional story tales. They were, if anything, they're like fractured fairy tales. But it mm-hmm. kind of had its own story. I thought it was interesting that for this round, it, it's very... It's very Jack and the Beanstalk, which the prior ones had their own story mode to it. And it was really kind of focused on the decisions that you make and whether you're a good person or a bad person. Uh, so this, it seems to be story-wise a bit of a deviation, but obviously it was a very impressive demo. You know, and a lot of people love the Fable world. So I'm interested in see, uh, you know, where this goes. I thought it was a good one for them to to open up with. Definitely. Yeah, it was definitely a great start to the show. And then it kept going from there. I, I mean, I'm kind of looking at the list I made. You put some stuff on there. We didn't put everything. We just kind of put the highlights. Uh, we'll definitely drop a link for everybody. Uh, go check it out. There might be some titles that you're more interested in than we are. Uh, the next one that really caught my eye was Star Wars Outlaws. Uh, the play looks really good. The story looks really interesting. I think this was more of a somatic. They didn't play any gameplay footage, did they? No, but I mean, just the the atmosphere, I guess, is what I'm saying and what the story is going to be. Yeah. Definitely. It's basically leaning into the underworld or the whole, uh, you know, the whole thing in Star Wars. It's about the Empire fighting the Republic. However, underneath all that and the hints to it, of course, is worth Han Solo is that there's a whole world of smuggling and crime, the crime crime world right it looks like that's what star wars outlaws is going to focus on so it's an interesting premise and and a thing to focus on um you know within that 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 universe itself but uh yeah it looks good it really does um and then the companion nix the little oh, i yes. don't know what kind of animal it is yeah i gotta give me one of those <laughs> you know though i felt like every single game that and i and this is equal to sony every single game has a companion you, know, you don't it, want to be alone on your adventure. Yeah, I guess so. You know, that's that's a that's a funny thing that seems to be in all these games. You always have a cute little cuddly yeah. companion with this that everybody falls in love with. I, maybe it's to sell merch. I don't know. You know, <laughs> but it okay, seems to be a theme. You're going to have to help me with names. This, to me, reminds me of the cat that swallows the cube on Avengers. Oh, my gosh. You would do that. Oh, uh, uh, but it's like you think this is a cute little animal, but it's like a crazy, crazy monster. <laughs> it is. It is the uh, oh, I, I have to try to search and find that here real quick. Oh, goose. Goose is the oh, and, and here you go. This is straight from uh, the Google AI. Uh, you're real time, man. Yeah. 
Awesome. <laughs> this is, I like it. This is what Google's AI says. In the movie, Captain Marvel, Carol Dan- Dan- Danvers' cat, if I could read, is Goose is actually an alien creature creature called the flurkin flurkins are similar to to earth cats in appearance and behavior but they emit tentacles from their mouth and they can also swallow objects for protection and regurgitate them later so it goes on from there about the where flurkins came from uh goose's plate oh by the way the real cat's name is reggie (laughs) oh my gosh who was chosen for the win there they casted reggie because of his expressive face Oh, hey! So he Google, wasn't like Grumpy Cat. No, Google AI for the win, man. Look at that. Yeah, See? Awesome. we're using it live. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's cool when I do searches, I get way more detail yeah. like that, like right at the beginning. We're definitely gonna have to keep checking that out for the fans. There. I don't have to go into links. That's the other part. Sorry, I, I diverted us. I didn't mean to. <laughs> oh no, no, that's good. That's what make a good show. We're uh, actively <laughs> researching for you guys. We want to give you the correct answer. Hopefully, that's right. I know. Or We're wrong sometimes. I uh, <laughs> will come back and I'll say, "Yep, I messed up," like I've done before. So I know, I know, but <laughs> we we do try to be accurate. So we'll we'll use AI yeah. to help us with that. At least as long as AI is free. So uh, the next one, the list was interesting. Um, first of all, this game was huge uh in 2023 microsoft flight simulator now i want to explain to you flight simulator's been around forever um and it is it is like one of the most realistic flight sims you know microsoft's made it for years what made the prior 2023 so special was not only was it gorgeous and highly Mm -hmm. accurate they tied it into get this they tied it into bing's uh, you know how Bing has its own mapping system, kind of like Google Maps or GPS data, yeah. so that you can get directions. They tied it into its satellite data footage. And so what happens is uh, they also tied it into weather. So if you happen to be flying, I'll give you a great example. I think it was a little bit ago. There was a hurricane two years ago, maybe. There was a hurricane down in Florida. Everybody who owned Flight Simulator jumped into it and they flew to Florida and they could fly through the hurricane because it oh had gosh. they had real time weather. So if it's raining in Ohio and you're flying your plane on your computer, it's raining on your plane. If it's snowing, it's snowing. Oh, if it's yeah. a hurricane, it's a hurricane. If it's a tsunami, it's a tsunami. And what's awesome is real time. They tied not only the weather system in, but they tied in all of the satellite footage from being into the game. So that as the satellites take new footage, the the terrain changes. And of course, they added 3D models to wrap around it. So that was just huge for that game and the immersion level. Well, they're taking it a step further with 2024. And what's so cool about this is they're introducing uh, new uh, types of airplanes, which is like, okay, Keith, they've done that before. This is different. You have missions. If you want to do Coast Guard Rescue at Sea, you can do that. If you want to be somebody that flies helicopters for transport delivery of, of large sea land boxes, you can do that. Uh, I mean, there's so many things. People who uh, get rescued by, you know, get lost on mountains. You can do rescue for that. Yep. And it had expanded not only to helicopters and that sort of thing. Uh, so they're adding mission elements into the realism. And then you throw that in with the weather. I think it's pretty cool. They're doing a great yep. job with it. And then, of course, you put the note on here. Uh, they put uh, the fictional game Doom, uh, Dune, not Doom, the game Dune, the yep. Orenthopter. Those are those really cool bug-like looking spaceships will be in the mm-hmm. game as well. Yeah. It's kind of a partnership, I guess. 
Yeah, they definitely uh, shocked everybody with that. Because, like I said, the comments just exploded when that came on screen. So it was at the very end, and it said uh, something also featuring the Ornithopter. And it it looks beautiful, I mean, in the game, uh, in a desert level. So Yeah, it's really cool what they're doing with it. Who, who knows? Yeah. They, it's pretty cool they're taking a flight sim that's so realistic and doing really cool stuff with it. So yeah. I think it's awesome. People yeah. go crazy for this game, by the way. They buy the full-on flight yokes, flight sticks, mm-hmm. command control centers. I mean, people go nuts with their oh, setups. Yeah. I've seen some really high-dollar setups. If you want to see some cool stuff, just check that out on YouTube. Some people have entire rooms devoted yeah. to it. They don't it's play amazing. other games. They only play flight yep. sim. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in some of the stories that they can even train on it for their, their pilot's license as well. Uh, it's yeah. that you know, in depth in such. So very, very cool. It looks all right, man. You pick up the next one. What else we got? Excuse me. So yeah, for the next one, uh, I had to pick uh the strangest one. I mean <laughs> Japanese anime or anime from other countries is strange already, but this game just seems so weird. I mean the graphics and the uh, details and the backgrounds look great, but there's just a lot going on. What did you see this? What did you think of that? I did. It's uh, Path of the Goddess. Uh, specifically, yep. it's Kunitsu Gami, Path of the Goddess. And it is gorgeous um, graphics-wise. Like, you just not see anything like it. Um, I believe it's rooted inside of Japanese fables. But mm-hmm. it's it's got some weird stuff in it. It's got gates with tentacles coming out of it. And, you know, really weird. Uh, it looks like an action fighting game but open worldish mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me a little bit about like dynasty warriors you know kind of those button mashers where you're fighting um yeah. a lot of characters at once uh but it does seem to also have a party-based system where you can team together to fight like big bosses and that sort of thing but it was cool looking but it was weird looking as well <laughs> it definitely it had a very cool samurai theme to it mm-hmm. but then monsters and aliens and it got weird tentacles really yeah, weird it got weird but, you know, Sony had, I would dare say the Sony showcase had like 80% of the games were like that. They were all beautiful, but freaking yeah. weird. <laughs> no, yeah. Just way out there animated. But, I mean, that's what people like, I guess. Huh? I guess so. I guess so. Uh, let's see, Doug. The next one, uh, Keanu Reeves was on the showcase. Yeah, and... he made a big announcement about uh, an expansion for Cyberpunk 2077. I personally own that game. I beat it three different ways there's like three or four different uh endings special endings beautiful game all around but uh there's a new expansion coming out uh phantom liberty mm-hmm. and uh some of the big news is idris elba a really good actor oh, i like amazing. him he was actually in the office as well i mm-hmm. love that show yep uh he is joining cyberpunk there's this game is supposed to be uh this add-on for the game is supposed to be very expansive in that not only does it add missions it adds a whole new territory for you to explore mm-hmm. everybody's really excited however there's a little controversy in that <laughs> people are ticked off that they're charging 20 i think it's gonna be like 20 bucks which i don't think is too bad yeah, for it's the not free uh, yeah but you know if it's if it's big enough why not you know if it Brings yeah. you back to the game. I don't think it's basically maybe, a yeah. new game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, but a lot of people are very excited about that. So that, that, it looks good. It means new weapons, yeah. new cars, uh, new tweaks. And it also means that it's going to breathe life in, life into the game to increase the, the replayability factor into it. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the hits kind of kept coming. Um, the next one that really caught my attention, I, I first thought it was a 
sequel to Bioshock. I mean, it looks so much like uh, Bioshock Infinite. Uh, but as I kept watching, there are some differences. It's called Clockwork Revolution. Uh, it's kind of set in a 1930s, 40s steampunk era, I believe, if I'm describing it right. Yep. Um, it looks really good. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was a sequel or a remaster or something of Bioshock Infinite. Dude, that's that's spot on. I kind of thought the same thing when I saw it. I was like, wow, it has very Bioshock Infinite feel to it, mm-hmm. you know? And yep. so um it's it's interesting because all steampunk all steam technology uh graphics look really good the guns are just over the top you know like steam driven so i don't know i'm into it i think it uh i think it looks good i think they're going for the bioshock thing bioshock's great game so if they can even capture some of that same thing that bioshock did more power to them and i think i think that's really good so i'm looking forward to that one it looked good yep and then uh, a couple more things nothing that really touched the list for me um I will, we won't talk too much about them, but I'll kind of go down. Uh, there's a new Forza Motorsports coming out. Uh, there's a, a Like a Dragon. I'll just tell you all, you just need to look at it. It looked like Yakuza, but I don't know if it's Yakuza. Um, I think it's in the same A universe. lot of RPGs. I think that's yeah. kind of the theme this year is RPG games. People want an adventure. People want open world stuff. Yeah. So lots of good announcements. Um, they start to close out the show with the uh, hardware announcements mm-hmm. which i thought was really good um i've talked to a lot of my friends uh you have a playstation but some of my friends have an xbox they're having a really hard time or they did have a hard time getting hardware so xbox uh or microsoft as the company said they're going to ramp up production of the xbox series x and they're going to expand the uh, hard drive space for the xbox series s if i'm saying that right yeah. So a lot more games for the Xbox Series S, which is kind of a lesser model, maybe a little lesser specs. And then they're going to ramp up production for their uh, premium series uh, X model. Yeah, the fundamental difference between the X and the S was the resolution set. Uh, whether you can reach 60 frames per second on the S at 4K um, versus also doing 8K so mm-hmm. it's really about if you don't have an 8K TV, it doesn't matter much. That's one. Two, uh, also it's all digital no disk drive on the s yeah. uh it's interesting they bumped up the x i think to one terabyte which to me is just laughable because it's still not enough i don't think it's not yeah. enough like i mean shoot no. man i put I, I on my playstation i put a i think i did a two terabyte uh in it and i just the other day when i downloaded diablo which we'll talk about like i had to remove something because yeah. i had so much stuff but these games you're looking at like 400 gig you know or higher. Oh, yeah. some of them are 800 gig so you're yep. getting close, you know, it's just, it's just insanity on some of these, if these full downloads. Um, but uh, I'm glad that they are at least increasing it. I will also give them major, major props for it. It's a very affordable console. I mean, look at like, mm-hmm. you know, 229 uh, for some of these. Yeah. And they spent the latter half of, I mean, it was a good 20 minutes dedicated to Starfield by Bethesda. And I will say this. Um, it will come out on PC and on console, but for somebody who likes to sit in the living room and if I don't want to stream it, it is appealing to me, especially with it not coming out for, um, you know, PlayStation anymore. It is appealing that like for a couple hundred bucks, I could just get like the low level S series. throw that in the living room mm-hmm. and just, if yeah. I wanted to make it a, you know, a Starfield only machine, that kind of a thing. So, uh, I could do That's that. Right. Now, why would I do that for one game? Well, if you saw the showcase, you will understand why, uh, yeah. you know, 
Doug, you have been jonesing over this game for I um, have. ever since you got yeah. into uh, Fallout. So what's your takeaway, yeah. your quick takeaways on Starfield, what they announced, what's the new information found out? Why are you excited about it? I know I am. I have been for a while as well. What was it about what they showcased that you liked? You know, I keep talking Starfield over the last couple shows, last couple of weeks and months with you, and uh, we haven't really seen anything in depth. And then they end this summer showcase, and then they kind of say Starfield Direct. I'm like, oh, so there's another event. So you have the summer showcase, then you have Starfield Direct by Microsoft and Bethesda. The thing that excites me is all the missions you could do, all the worlds. I mean, the the amount of customization that they displayed is amazing. Um, you've got companions to travel with, uh, weapons, crafting. I mean, and the list goes on. Um, it looks so good. And I believe I've read some articles that uh, Xbox has every QA tester available working on Starfield. Currently. Uh, yep. Uh, we had talked about uh they're making Starfield controllers, Starfield headsets, and microphones. So Microsoft's definitely going all out on the branding for it. You probably will see a uh, branded con- uh, console. That's what I'm trying to say. Yep. Uh, so it, they're going all out. They are. They gave it a, a, a huge portion of time for their showcase. Um, I will tell you, for the longest time, I've been kind of like, well, you know, is it going to be ready by a September date? I feel after watching the showcase, how how much they showed. And then there were reports where they're saying that not only do they have every tester on it, the uh, claim that they're making, or at least one of the head of the, the studio groups is, is saying that it has Starfield has the fewest amount of bugs in their bug tracking of, of any Bethesda game ever released. That's a big Dang. statement because Bethesda that games always are, are super yeah. buggy. So they're really touting about how they think it's ready. So I will say with as much as they show and as far along as it is, and then some of the reports, it might it might make their September date, which would be awesome. I right. think it'll be good. And for those people that just frame of reference, it's basically like Skyrim or Fallout in space. The, the big difference is they're trying to make it be more like real science. Uh, I will say I feel like they are taking and putting their spin on what's already out in the market between Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, and No Man's Sky. And they're putting in there. No Man's Sky is open world. A lot of crafting, a lot of gathering materials. You do the same in this, you know, mm-hmm. the the fighting element, the shooting element of first person combat that's in, you know, Star Citizen. So mm-hmm. it, it, there's uh, all these elements, the way the ships fly, the complexity of some of the ships uh, is kind of like elite. So they're mashing all together. And the, the things that got me really stoked about it was you can customize your ship in so many ways. There's a there's blocks of, you know, that you can build like Legos and you can make this thing be massive. You can make it be really small. Yeah. You can tweak this thing out. And then the best part, you can walk around on the inside of it and hire a crew and run it. If you want to have a little Star Trek experience where, you, you know, feel like you're Captain Kirk, you can do that. If you want to be a pirate, you can do that. Yeah. Open world, you know, go anywhere. If you see their big thing is, is you know, kind of like the big deal with Skyrim. They, Skyrim always said, hey, if you see a mountain over there, you want to go to it, you can go to it. They're doing that, but with planets. If you're standing on a planet, you see a moon in the distance, you want to go there, you can go there, you can land on it. You've been doing that with No Man's Sky and Elite Dangerous for quite some time now. However, it's just it's their take on it, a lot of procedural generation. It is not multiplayer, as far as we know. Uh, and they Because they point out specifically, because it's procedure generated, if you go to a planet, 
your experience will be completely different than your friend. You may go to that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's still still single player, but it looks amazing. looks awesome. Uh, It might actually make its fall date. So I'm excited about it. I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and you talked about crafting of the ships. I brought up that uh, they said you can be a uh, heavy space hauler or a pirate or an explorer. I mean, and the thing that uh, excites me, I haven't messed with them too much about mods. So when this comes out and then the PC modding community gets to it, you'll have so many missions and other cool things that'll just add to the playability. I'm definitely going to have a lot of hours invested in this, I believe. Bethesda is very mod friendly, like um, Skyrim. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. They what they do is they typically will give the same tools that they use to develop the game to the community, whether it's mission builders. If they do that same thing here, which they've done with all their other games like Fallout, they're very mod friendly. It just gives this life. These That's why these games are released, you know, 10, 15, 13 years ago. And people are still playing them because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much you can do with them. So I'm excited about it for them to add it. Uh, I think it'll be good, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so, yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. It was a really good show overall. Um, look forward to it. Um, next thing we can move into, I mean, I'm excited about Starfield, but uh, Diablo 4, a uh, little update on that. All right, so what what class are you playing on Diablo right now, Doug? Uh, playing the rogue Uh, i believe it's a uh, ranged character uh i've got some melee attack but i like kind of being out in the distance and range attacking uh i know you've played um some heavy tank models i've got two actually that Mm -hmm. i did but the one i've stuck with the most is also range i've got a druid who can be both a tank like get right in the middle of the the action and you know melee or he can also stay back and shoot things but my my heavy class that i have uh, is a necromancer which is so wicked because as bodies fall you can raise the dead from their carcasses and you essentially have an army and i have i think i had a time i have like eight skeletons and a a a blood or a stone golem which is a really great big incredible hulking creature that kind of takes and i just stand back and let my army just kind of go and i just cast like little curses to weaken the enemies it's it's a blast it's a fun game we're having a good time with it so yeah the game's been great like said you uh raised the dead i've been shooting at your and i'm like oh it's doing nothing that's keith's guys again you keep raising these skeletons and stuff i said oh no they do they don't do a good job differentiating because you're right even they that when you're playing the necromancer cat character like when you're raising all of that on the screen and it's so busy they obviously they're evil looking skeletons with swords i mean they mm-hmm. look like enemies <laughs> so yeah. especially whenever like we'll come around a corner we've gone into like rooms of dungeons and it's full of skeletons oh yeah i don't even know where mine are because mine are in I'm there just, fighting if skeletons. i don't get hit points on it i just shoot at something else yeah. i'm glad there's no player versus player because we, oh I, my gosh yeah. some of our spells and some of our stuff gets a little crazy in there. exactly and we play with uh two other friends we have a four-person clan yeah. that we've been playing with and uh it's it gets nuts i know our one friend aaron he plays a druid class uh and then joe and he's just in the thick of it he's always the in the middle you can never find him because he's just clustered up <laughs> yeah. there but he's just beating things because yeah. he turns into like a werewolf or a werebear, yeah. I think, or something like that. Uh, and then uh, Joe plays a sorcerer, who's also range class. But I think Joe's working on a barbarian, so both of them can be like kind of in the middle. So you got to have these tactics. I'll just to hang out in the out. back. Yeah. Me too. You and I are always hanging out in the back, just 
watching yep. stuff. We're doing good back there. Yep. <laughs> so it's a great game, though. So if you haven't played it, um, I will say yep. the crossplay is beautiful, Doug. You play mm. on PC. We play on PlayStation. The it's just awesome. We don't even have to use a Discord because the in game we're lets using in game chat. Yep. Yeah, you just switch over to your clan. You make a clan, join it. So it doesn't matter what platform you're on. It's mm-hmm. very very well done. So love. I it. like it a lot. Yeah. So yeah, man. So we'll round it out uh, with a little bit of a preview. I did see the Flash movie. Doug has yet to see it. I'm not going to say anything. No spoilers. Appreciate I will tell that, you, yeah. uh, it's not perfect, but overall, I liked it. It is positive in my opinion. I do think you should see it. I do have lots and lots of thoughts about it, especially in the wake of how the DC uh, movie franchises are changing. However, we will dig into that uh, perhaps next week if you get the opportunity to to I see will it. I'll try to make it this week. Yep. Exactly. Since it opened this weekend, I don't you know think we should like dive into a review anyway. I don't no, want to no, ruin we, anything for anybody. Yeah. So no. we we'll get into it next week. But all right, brother, I think that rounds us out to the end here. So we yep. want to thank everybody for joining us for episode number twenty. All kinds of exciting things happen. We will see you at episode number twenty one. Doug, bring us home. Any final closing thoughts? Yeah, I appreciate everybody listening to us, uh, talking today. It's going to be an exciting year this year, next year, both uh, in the game world and the movie movies. world. Uh, the we're going to have plenty summer. to talk about. Um, um, Indiana Jones. Google AI hooked us up today. They did, Indiana Google AI. Jones. Yeah. yeah, we're going to start using Google AI a little bit more maybe there because yeah. it was kind of nice. And yeah, we got some and, awesome movies. Uh, Blue Beetle is also, I reminded me, that's going to be in August. Yeah. Between Indy and Indiana And Jones. I don't know the story of that at all, but it looks really awesome and me I'm neither. excited to It's one of those obs- about it. obscure DC ones, but the trailer looks really good. It's got the kid from Cobra Kai in it. I'm excited. So we got so many cool things to talk about this summer uh, tons of stuff to come and yep. we'll uh love to have you come back and listen to us watch us that's right well everybody you have an awesome week and we will talk to you yep. soon stay nerdy <laughs>